Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book 2, Chapter 24 Ship in Distress Yeah, I think you all settle into like, a few good days of life at sea, working hard, getting sun. Veil. You actually do have reason to interact with Maggie a little bit more over these next few days because you need to find supplies to fix a hole. Fix a hole. And she definitely knows where like spare parts are at and where to get the tools and the nails and everything. And, you know, she'll put them out and it's going to take you a few days since you're not a carpenter. Not a carpenter. And you're not a shipwright or anything like that. So yeah, it's an ugly patch job, but you're left to do it alone. Darvin or Arnis, who wants to be working with the cook? Oh, or the cookie. Oh, I was like, oh, no. That sounds fun. All right, Darvin is down in the in the galley, peeling potatoes, nice. chopping vegetables, What's his eating water, serving the crew. It's hot. You smell at the end of each day like food. It's fine. It's better than sweeping. He just has us drag out behind the boat for a little while after every shift. <laughs> Which leaves Arnest the Bard to cleaning. I'm sorry. You are swabbing, like, all the decks. Super, super good. That's super good. That's, mm-hmm. that's my favorite, guys. Don't worry, I'll be joining you once the boat's fixed. It's not strenuous work. It's just tedious. And it needs to be done, like, every day. Because, you know, seawater, not necessarily the best. It's fine. I remind myself all of the time that it's better be- than being dead at the bottom <laughs> of a whirlpool. <laughs> it's far, far better. And damned, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than that. Urban reminds himself that too, that it's better than you not being dead. <laughs> Wait, it's better than her not him not being exactly. dead. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure it still tracks. Just an odd way of saying it. Wait, no, it's better than yeah, him think, not being I dead, which my, means it's better than him being alive. Yeah, my double negative so, messed wait, it no. up. <sighs> I meant it's better this way. Okay. RNS alive and not dead, and us no treasure. So after several days of ship repair kitchen work, deck swabbing. When the sun is high in the sky, everyone is drawn to attention when you hear Dipple shout, Ship in distress! Off the starboard bow! And sure enough, as everybody rushes up to the top deck, you all eventually spot a ship ahead, listing in the water with smoke rising from an unseen fire. Dipple continues, We should be reaching them shortly. Everyone, prepare to board. Keep an eye out for survivors. Otherwise, grab anything of value. Let's go. That includes you three. 
Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Um, if you didn't want to be like scavengers, uh, he wants to include you. Okay. Getting closer, you can see a flag on this ship with joined symbols of a lotus in bloom and a cleric's holy symbol radiating light. These represent Flower Street, the Medic's Guild, and the Servitors, the Cleric's Guild. The two often work together for dangerous medical situations. On a ship, this usually means they are either treating or transporting patients. And as the gunner's daughter pulls up alongside this listing ship, the crew gets the ropes ready, gets some planks ready, uh, tosses them over for people to go board. Where are people going on this ship? Okay, better first question. Are you looking for survivors or are you looking to scavenge? You can each pick one. Survivors. All right. Arnis is looking for survivors. Vale wants to scavenge. Darvin, what do you want to do? Scavenge, not so good with survivors. All right, so call. We are looking for people who are on the border that you need to send to Corum. <laughs> oh, that's not how it works. I mean, it could be. You can always ask Corum. That's true. You got a piece of paper in your pocket right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. Second paper. Yeah, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, let's start with Darvin and Vale. You're going through the ship. Part of it is underwater, but you are able to get down one deck and search through like the crew's quarters. Both of you can roll either investigation or perception to try to find something worth money. Or valuable for the ship. It doesn't even have to be worth money. It could just be like, this is a very useful thing to have on a boat. Like a plank jack. I'm not sure what that is. Makes perfect jack sense. for lifting up planks. Oh, like a, yeah. Like a lever of some sort? Like a car jack, except for boats. Okay. Sure. Alright, uh, Vail. Right, 20 investigation. And Darwin. 16... Perception. All right. Vale, what of value did you find? It's a medical ship. It is mostly medical, but this is still a ship. It does need, like, whatever it takes to sail around. It would have standard goods, but it could also have valuables on it. Like, a lot of a lot of freedom here. What of value do you okay. find okay. that you're bringing I back to the Dipple? Like, uh, if I get to pick what I found, I found, yeah. like, the chest with all of their medical goods. Just floating in the back. Yeah, okay. There's a hole through some of the walls separating the quarters down here below decks and where the water has started to come in. Yep, there's a chest floating by and it's got that symbol of a blooming lotus on it. Like, this is from the medics guild. You pry it open and bam, there's just a bunch of mundane medical equipment in there. It's highly useful at sea. It's probably worth some money once you get back to land or you could keep it if you want to have like extra medical gear. In this case, like healing kits, maybe something else a little bit fancy. We'll see. It's up to you guys whether or not you want to keep it. Darvin, what did you find? How about, like, boat tools? Like, boat assorted tools. boat tools. Okay. Nothing super fancy, but, like... No, not with a, a 16. This isn't, like, yeah. top-notch boat equipment. But may come in handy should, um, you know. Yeah, this is all second-hand stuff. It's tools for mending rope. Yeah, um, that. Fixing breaches in cannons, just in case anybody... Foolishly broke one recently. Uh, right. I didn't break the cannon, I broke the boat. Yeah. Cannon um, took a hit too. Oh! You find a couple small barrels of pitch for like sealing the hull of the boat. Nice. But also, you know, a little bit flammable if you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> a little toxic too, probably. Yeah, don't drink it. It's fine. Don't bathe in it. But that is certainly of value. Arnis, you're looking for survivors. Yes. That's very noble of you. That's. My expertise, yeah. man. Helping um, people. Go ahead and uh, roll perception, I guess. Because I don't think survivors are going to be hidden. You don't need to investigate for survivors. This is, you're looking for bodies that are still moving and making noise. 13. Okay. 
you head toward the aft of the ship below deck. And you find a door that's got that symbol on it, just like was on the flag. This is the medical room. And out front, there are several bodies that have been chewed through by something with very big teeth. Clearly dead. Like, these guys are dead. And you push through the door, and there on the far side of the wall, half of it dipping into the water, there's what you would guess is a doctor who has just fallen over on top of the bed, and it looks like the patient is underneath them, and there's, like, slight movement, and you hear some groaning. I go over and see if I can help them. Okay. I suppose I should yell, like, do you need assistance or something, but I'm not going to do that. Who's going to say no? Yeah. Oh, no. You rush over, and the doctor who is dead on top of this patient is just, like, blood everywhere, missing part of their side, like, organs have spilled out. And you just kind of have to roll them aside a little bit and peel back the blanket from this patient. Underneath, you find what is a very old and infirmed grung, who's a frog person. Okay, yeah. Frog man. Or woman. Uh, I mean, it's very hard to tell, but I'll, I'll give you a hint here. It's, it's a female. <laughs> cool. And she has palish green skin and dark spots and a very thick and cloudy coating of something on her skin. From what you know of grungs, they do naturally have like a little bit of excretion on their skin all the time, but this is like not in a healthy way. This is probably part of her illness, but she is also bleeding. Like There are huge bite marks on her as well. Um, you can roll medicine. Son of a... That's like the third three I have rolled tonight. I got an eight. She notices you coming by to check on her, and someone there, and reaches out and wraps an arm around your neck, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw, as your neck is just coated with this grung excretion. It's a poison that they have on their skin. Oh, good. Um, Fun. Super fun. It's just part of the fail there. Oh, 19. Okay, you feel it like oozing down the back of your neck, and you quickly pull away, wipe it off with a glove or like a bit of sheet nearby. She just reaches up at you very weakly. Help me, help! It was uh, so. Uh, she just like kind of starts passing out, like not dying, but she will die very soon if nothing happens. Is it safe for me to like touch her to cast cure wounds? No. No, you definitely know from that first point. Um, okay. Where she uh, grabbed around your neck, like, you felt the burn and the tingle sensation. Okay. And you're like, I can't touch her for any period of time with bare skin. Okay, Danger. so then I need to... You need latex gloves. Can I tell if casting something so like Lesser Restoration would help her? I don't think so, right? Mm. She just has a huge chunk out of her, right? That's kind of... That's mostly the problem. It is the open wounds that right now are the main threat. Okay. There's definitely some other illness affecting okay. her at this moment. But, um, but bleeding out is pretty bad, too. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. So, <laughs> obviously. Um, I'm going to cast uh, Healing Word, but at a level 2. Okay. Just because I can't cast Cure Wounds without causing myself harm. Because <laughs> that would be bad. Wait. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. It's your spell. It is. I'm just thinking, oh, that's not terrible. Okay. Nine. Okay. And you see those open wounds start to close up. Her eyes stop rolling back and kind of focus in on you a little bit more. Thank you. Uh, Did anybody else survive? I haven't seen anybody else alive. (sighs) Is the ship... 
Or can we keep going? In this ship, no. Is there another ship? Well, the one I came from. Oh, bless you. Can you take me? I can't touch you. Can can someone take me? Um, if we can figure out how to get you onto that ship without touching you, then... Please do so. Then, yeah. I don't want to die at sea. I don't want to drown. What is your name? Sock. Sock. I'm Arnis. Sorry, I Arnis doesn't laugh. I'm chuckling because sock like socks and shoes. Um, S A U K. Yeah, I figured. But <laughs> she actually kind of says the uh, the the vowel part a little long, like sock. Okay. Um, Almost like a rivet. <laughs> that's Shannon chuckling, not Arnis. Sock. I will need somebody's help, but I'm gonna get you out of here. Thank you. And I don't even go like out of the room. I just go to the door and mm-hmm. like shout for somebody to help. Okay. Because I don't want to leave her. Yeah. I think Darvin and Vale, unless you want to drop what you have with you, someone else will have to go help. Yep. Okay. Heartless mom. Let's see. Oh, heck yeah. Kudim definitely came aboard to carry, like, heavy stuff. So he comes rushing in. What is it? I found a survivor. Well, get him on board. I can't touch them. They're grung. Your skin oh, is poison. Oh, I was going to say you're a little squeamish for a doctor, but just, it makes more sense. <laughs> can, can we get, like, a stretcher or something? I, if there is one here, there's definitely sheets that we can, like... Okay, that, that'll, that'll probably work. Yeah. Yeah. Will you grab one end of a sheet, I'll grab the other, and we'll carry him back. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. You're going to do the heavy lifting, because I'm not that strong. Absolutely. Yeah, he'll... He'll use his metal arm to help roll sock onto the sheet, and he'll wrap it around and just like pick it up. He's got a good hand on the front. You can have the back, and the two of you will carry sock back over to the ship. Meanwhile, Darwin and Vale, do you make a second trip for more stuff? Yeah, why not? The first trip was sure. Why not? Okay, Uh, go ahead and roll again. The roll is more for quality. Like you'll find stuff. It's just a matter of like how good it is. One less than last time. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I'm rolling perception because my mm-hmm. perception is better. Ooh, worse than last time. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's start with Darwin then. I got an eight. Alright. What type of valuable stuff did you find? How about just. No, I don't know. Okay. I'm thinking like a box. Where were, you, where were you searching on the ship then? Where I was last time? Uh, you were in the crew quarters last time. Okay, so different yeah. quarter then. The the captain definitely has their own quarters closer to the top side of the ship, like mm. uh, at the aft, be like know, underneath where the the wheel is. Mm. Uh, that's usually where the captain is. You could also try to go further below deck, where there's even more water to like their hold and try yeah. to find something in there. Okay, that's what I would do then. Okay, the hold. You go down to the hold, so you find a crate. Vale already found medical supplies, and that probably wouldn't have been in the hold. So, ah, I know. How about you found the ship's, um, like, you found the crew's pay. It was being held below decks until, you know, they successfully made it back to shore and everybody could be divvied out their portion based on the amount of work they did and if they survived. And you start pulling it up, and the crate under the water just breaks (laughs) from the weight (laughs) and the water log. You have to, like, scramble to just gather what coins ye may okay. underwater as they just sink farther below. <laughs> Roll a d100. 
I'm gonna make you roll that percentile dice you were swearing at before. <laughs> you put it away! You never use it. 49. Alright, yeah. You managed to scramble together 49 gold. Nice. That's not nothing. Alright, Vale, what did you roll? 19. Alright. What type of goods or valuables did you find? Darwin already found the ship's pay, so unfortunately you're not getting that sweet, sweet gold. I dropped um, most of it, too. He did. <laughs> a lot of it's now just underwater. <laughs> I see, like, like, religious vestments and, like, accoutrement. Okay, absolutely. As we have learned previously, most ships do have a priest, either to Favon or Narluk. The medical boats would probably have a priest to Narlik to have an easier sail, like steadier waters. You gotta be nicer to the patients. You don't need them rocking about getting seasick on top of everything else. So you just find a bunch of their holy material and vestments, the most valuable of which is still around the priest's neck. Gold and ruby necklace. Yeah. Sorry, no, not ruby. Gold and sapphire. It's blue. Yeah. Like the water. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, yeah. Not serving him anything. Yeah, you can... Well, if you keep it or if you give it back to the ship, we'll figure that out later. Actually, no, yeah. Are you keeping that for yourself? Oh, do I pocket it? Ain't nobody around. Ain't nobody around. Yeah, yeah, I'll pocket that. Okay, yeah, you can write in your inventory. You've got a Priest of Narluk necklace. And as Darvin and Vale are making it back from their second trip from this sinking boat, that's when Arnis and Kudim are making it on board with Sok. The Grung patient, who is still in, like, terrible condition, but not in dire need, just in general need of help. Dipple and Trina and Edelon and Gandis and Lars all return, each with sacks and crates. Dipple has a few, what do you call them? Not antiques. That's a little too old. Like heirlooms or trophies from the captain's quarters. Just took them right off the walls, took them off the desk. This is all valuable stuff. Probably like a small, solid gold anchor. It's that thing for measuring distance on a map. A sextant? Mm-hmm. Sextant. Yeah. yeah. Look at me with the words. Good job. Um, a really fine one of those. Got that out of nowhere. Um, he's got another telescope. So Earl does not have the... Well, the ship already had one, but you could always use more. But yeah, they come back. Oh, some of them definitely grabbed weapons off the dead folk. So there are extra swords and probably like daggers, axes, maybe a mace or two. Nothing super fancy. Bows and arrows were all just like, nah, those were not worth retrieving. Those were all definitely waterlogged. But the metal weapons, those could be cleaned up. Those could be kept. Of course, Maggie is just like, oh, more stuff to inventory. Well, I guess you could have uh, work with me if you want now anyways. Is that hole fixed? Yep, hole's fixed. <sighs> it better be. <laughs> all right, let's get all this stuff below decks, and uh, you and I can start cataloging everything. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so that'll be your next couple of days with Maggie. Part of that will be cleaning stuff up. So, Darvin and Vale, of the stuff you retrieved from this sinking ship, how much are you turning over to Maggie? I'm turning over all of it. One thing I'm not turning over is the necklace. I don't want her to think I'm holding out on it. Okay. Same. And, like, what am I going to do with boat supplies? Like, what am I going to do with 49 gold? I mean, 49 gold, you spend it. Yeah, but compared to our, it seems... It seems like I need the social capital more than the material <laughs> goods right now. It's probably good. That gold's not going to help you float to land. Exactly. They're actually going to do the opposite. Right? Sure. Okay. And as you're getting sock and goods off of the ship, it starts sinking lower. One of the masts snaps. 
and just falls into the sea, and the ship slowly burr, 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 burr. Dipple will gather you all together. Thanks for helping us retrieve those goods. It's not quite the same as treasure from that other boat, but it's it's good. It'll definitely help us out. And it's not every day we come across a sinking ship, especially not having to fight over it. I was particularly lucky. Any idea what happened? I didn't see anything. Alright. Um, I don't know that I know what happened, but there was some pretty significant bite marks out of people. That's not good. And there was a doctor down the hold whose, like, guts were just mm-hmm. out, done. Like, he'd been ripped open. Okay, well, let's hope they don't decide to pay us a visit, whoever did that. But we also have a survivor, so you can talk to them. How is that survivor doing? Not great, but not dying anymore, I don't think. Okay. Aranis, can you and Corker go take a look at him? Find out what's wrong with them. Find out if they know anything about what happened. The longer they stay alive, the more they can tell us. Yep. Does this mean I don't have to swap the deck while I'm doing that? Oh, you can swap the deck in the morning. It's okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Survivors aren't the same as treasure. Wow. Thanks. People aren't important. It's fine. They're important. I said to look for survivors. We want people, but we need money. Anyway. We've got some more time now just out at the open sea. How are people spending their time before we make it back to port? I'm going to help that corn lady. Aris, you and Corker, the ship's doctor, are in his, like his sickbay. And Sock is laid out in bed. No blanket or sheet on her. Corker is very much worried about whatever it is, you know, her skin is exuding. It's clearly not healthy for someone of her species. But he also isn't really sure what to do about patients he can't touch. So, what do you do? What do you and Corker do? You've got a competent doctor with you. Just a medical supplies now. Yes, and a bunch of extra medical supplies. I want to try something stupid. I'm always down for something stupid. Well, I mean, it's not exactly stupid, but it probably won't do anything. So that makes it kind of stupid because it uses up a spell slot. Um, I want to try encounters. I want to try casting lesser restoration on her, just to see if like somehow what's happening to her is actually like her having been poisoned or something. Can you read me the text of lesser restoration? I just want to know how this affects her current condition. Um, I know what's wrong with her. But I don't know what that spell does. Obviously, you know what's wrong. I hope I know. Oh, I can't touch her. You can. can. It's just going to hurt. Then you can heal yourself, actually. I'm also at full health, so it's going to hurt. Well, it doesn't say it has to be skin contact. You can touch her while wearing gloves. I don't think that's how magic works. It's up to you. You're the bard here. This is your spell. How does it work? Do you need skin-on-skin contact? For the healing word, like, in the middle of combat, I definitely wanted to say yes. Because you don't play with gloves anyways. Or, sorry, uh, cure wounds. Sorry. Yeah. Because yeah. you're playing your loot, you're never wearing gloves anyways. But this is a controlled situation. Is this a spell that requires your loot? No, I don't think so. Okay. Then it's up to you. Do you need to touch her skin to skin to do this? I don't think so. Okay. I'm up for either. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I just need to, like... It's like one of those, like, laying on a hand things where, like, mm-hmm. I have to touch you, but it's more, like, symbolic than anything else, right? I can't do it from over here. I just have to be near you. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you touch a creature and can either 
uh, and can end either one disease or one condition afflicting it. The condition can be blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. Okay. No, I do what's wrong with this lady, but I'm like, I'm going to try something stupid. Sorry, Doc. This may be really stupid, what I'm about to do. Okay. And do nothing. Which of those things are you trying to do? Well, I know she's not paralyzed because she was moving, although I could ask her. She's not um, paralyzed, no. She's not paralyzed, she's not blinded because she could see me, uh, and she's not deafened because she could hear me. So, poison <laughs> is <laughs> is where we're at. So I'm, I'm taking a weird, wild stab that maybe something has affected, like, her poison, like, by poisoning her. Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But we'll try it anyway. Okay. You cast this spell, and as you do so... All of that thick, cloudy... Um, I get tired of calling it excretion because it sounds so gross. Mucus? Um, it's kind of like mucus. mucus just, that's just not any gross. less gross. Yeah, that's not any less gross. Um, but it is. It's but it's, it's not a clean situation it's right gross. now. It looks like um, boogies. <laughs> well, I don't know what to... Like, I didn't research <laughs> what the what the slime on frogs and toads is called. Rip it, man. Um, yeah. You cast this spell and that thick and cloudy mucus-like liquid starts falling off of her until you can see that her skin is just completely dry. Nothing on her whatsoever. And she perks up a little bit. It it hurts less. What did you do? Guessed. (laughs) Uh, and, And as she's smiling, you see her skin just naturally produce more of it. And she like Witzes out in pain again. How did you get this way? Or do you know what happened to you? It's... We all have it. All of all of us at the, the, the frost swamps. It, it affects the older more. But we all eventually succumb to it. We were heading back to Vermilion, the capital. Are we going there now? Can we go to the doctors there? The servitors there. It's not at all where this boat is. <laughs> like not even a little bit. And I'm certainly not going to the cow at all. You can pay me a sum of money to go there right now. Please, if it were just me, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it's it's my whole village. Is there anything you could do for us if we're not going back to the capital? You're pointing your finger. No, you're not there, but... Guess not. Is there something Arnus knows that I'm forgetting? Where are we going? Uh, We're going to a temple. Uh-huh. With knowledge people. Uh-huh. They can probably help. Why are we taking in another stray? God damn it. All right. <laughs> you could just agree to send someone that might be able ah. to help to help. You don't have to take in another stray. I do, not. though. I do. It'd be kind of shitty to be like, we'll send word. Why not? I don't think is going to do that. He's nicer than that. So yes, Sock will explain to you, all of the Grung in the Frost Swamp have this, to some degree, and they all eventually die from it. And they need help. That was the point of this trip. If they all have it and they all die from it, it sounds like a condition of living there. Or maybe it's just part of being a Frost Swamp Grung. Um, this is not something that has always been this way. This is new. Past hundred years or so. Okay. 
but it's okay. a long time epidemic. But it's not okay. It's like it's ongoing, but it's it's not immediately fatal, but it does eventually get everybody. Unless they die from something else first. If they get eaten or shot, you know. <laughs> they're not otherwise immortal. They still have other weaknesses. Because, <laughs> yeah, if they're otherwise immortal, it's a price to pay, man. Um, okay. Uh, well, um, we're not headed to the capital, but we are headed to the Temple of St. Thalaron. Uh, and you would aid us with them? We can try. We need answers from them about another matter, but we can try to get answers for you, too. Or you can try to get answers from them, too. None of us are... Help. None of us have been strong enough to go through their trials. But if you can do it for us, that would be appreciated. We're going to face trials? That's awesome. I already knew that you were going to get tested in some way. Yeah. What kind of strength are you talking about? Physical, mental... Emotional. Depends on who you are. Psychic. <laughs> it depends on who you are. Really, I'm not an expert. I just know they judge different people differently. Each according to their own or something like that. I never made the journey myself. Well, I can try to get some answers for you. Alright. We can try. Thank you. Do you want to come with us or do you want to like steal? But I don't know what you gotta at least keep me nearby. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere. Okay. Yeah, we'll take you with us. I don't have to travel with you every step of the way, but if you find an answer, I would like it quickly afterwards. Yeah. A lot of people's lives are at risk here. Alright. Arnis gains the side quest to cure the grung epidemic. Cool. Not a small task. It's fine. I'm already damned. It's fine. You might as well help people on the way. Yeah. Right. Darvin and Vale, what are the two of you doing with your remaining time on the ship before you reach port? I want to visit the Tinkerer lady and see if she can start teaching me some of her skills. Tinker? The one that, like, creates the robotic arms and legs for people. Trina. She's a note. Learn from Trina. Hmm? Grayish skin, dark hair. She made Kuding's arm. She is currently working on Deckley's leg. Love to learn and help if I can, but I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to ruin his leg. <laughs> she will not let you ruin his leg. Good. It's just a matter of how much she respects you at the end of the process. <laughs> she will take you to Deku's quarters, where he is convalescing. He is laid up in the bed. The stump is clean. Between Aranus and Corker, they manage to at least prevent any sort of extra rot or damage. But the new leg is all up to her. And there next to his bed is a small table where she is working on his replacement leg. It's fairly simple, at least to the untrained eye, but you can certainly spend some time helping her build this leg and learning a few tinkering tricks. Let's see, let's roll something here. I think I want this to be int-based. What do you got? Which aspect are you more interested in learning, I guess, would more inform the role? Um, uh, do you want to understand how it works? That could be wisdom. If you want to understand how to replicate some of this stuff, that could be more intelligence-based. I don't have a base knowledge, any sort of tinkering, so yeah. I want to kind of take away a beginning understanding of how the process works. So again, just like, if I walked in personally into a computer lab where they're building computers, I want to walk away knowing the basic elements so that I don't sound like an idiot when I talk about computers the next time I talk about computers. Alright, um, 
I'm slowly building a skill set here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this intelligence base. I think investigation would be the most Sounds good. Uh, applicable one here. Like, you know which parts are which. Like, you can label some of them, yeah. and you understand where they go together, but you may not understand exactly why it all works. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's going to be a 24 total. Yeah. You are a good help to Trina. You're not making, like, better than she would have made it, but you are easing the process. The nights aren't as long for her to work on this leg, and it is going to be ready a little bit sooner. And after about a week or so, the two of you wrap up the leg and begin the very painful process of attaching it to Deckley. It's not just, like, slip it on like a cup and tie a belt. There are some unfortunately painful connections that have to be made to bone, but it's going to be a good working leg, and do you want to be there when she attaches the leg? Oh, yeah. All right. She just asks you, hold him down, please. I'll do my best. I'm not very strong. <laughs> Deckley's like, don't worry about it. I can. I took a shark bite. I think I can take this. Okay. Okay, buddy. And she, like, wrenches a few things, and you hear some almost crunching sound as something attaches to bone. Oh. And he clenches his jaw in pain, and he's clamping down onto your arm extremely hard but he isn't breaking the skin or anything and he lets out like a couple big yelps in pain but afterwards he gets up and there's a nice heavy clunk sound as his metal foot hits the deck and he takes a short walk around it's a little tender for him to walk on but he's up again he'll survive and now he and Kudim can go have some good uh, metal limbro stories <laughs> As he walks around, he just looks at you, Vale. Just think about getting one of these. It's it's nice. I won't have to worry about uh, about washing it or getting a boot or pants. No pants. He's like drenched in sweat from the pain, um, but he's putting on like a happy face. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, cool. You got a little bit better understanding on some mechanical works and the respect of Trina. If you ever lose an arm or something, give us a holler, Darvin. What are you doing with your last leg of the journey on the boat? I want to check in on Annika and Kurvish and see how they're doing. Kurvish. I was hoping someone would be able to be there for, like, the in-person stuff with Kurvish. Sure. Kurvish refuses to go below decks. One, he is very big, and the hallways are quite tiny. But two, he also just misses being able to see the sky. He's been in those tunnels for a very long time back at the Moaning Island, and he feels freer topside. And Annika is just not leaving his side. And the two of them are talking as they usually do when Darwin approaches. What's up, Darwin? <laughs> Greetings. Uh, Kervish looks up at you. Uh, his eyes are sad. Like, he, he's feeling bad about something, uh, and Annika is doing her best to soothe him. And she'll say, hello, Darwin. Hi. What can we do for you? I just wanted to see how both of you are doing. Well, physically I'm fine. Curvish here, he's got a few extra parts that he wants to deal with. And he, like, motions to some of his extra limbs and horns and stuff. Just be like, it's bad memories. Hmm. I don't like them. I need to... Need to get rid of them if I can, but uh, but Darwin, I need you to do me a favor. If sorry, I don't need you to do anything. I'll, 
I would appreciate if you could do me a favor. Sure. What's up? Can you apologize to Sam and Dipple for me? I I feel very bad about what I did to them. About hurting them. Ah. Back in the caves, I... It's those Hoogan. They had me under their sway for a long time. I couldn't disobey. No one thinks that's your fault. But I'll talk to them, I promise. Thank, thank you so much, Darvin. Uh, and as you're talking to him, you can tell, like, he is very old for his for a troll. Like, he's very old for a troll. Those age lines and wrinkles that you saw back in the cave are just highlighted now, out here on the deck of the ship, with the natural sunlight or moonlight whenever you're visiting. What time of day is it when you're visiting them, Darvin? Hmm. Let's say moon, because that okay. sounds more fun. Yeah. The moonlight is casting extra long shadows across all of the different wrinkles and divots and spots on his skin. And he just looks like great-grandpa old. He's still big and burly, but physically he's old. His eyes are very tired. Gotcha. Uh, is there anything we could do for you then, Darvin? No, no, I'm good. I just just wanted to check in on you too. Mm-hmm. If you... I mean, have you talked to the ship doctor at all about the, you know, bonus features? <laughs> He's been busy with the frog gal. Ah, didn't, right. Didn't want to put him out. Maybe when we get back to land, or maybe after she leaves. We'll see. Unless your doctor friend wants to do it. I'll check with him. I'll see if he... I'll check. I'll see if he thinks he can do anything. Mm-hmm. He likes helping people. He'll probably try it if he can. Okay. Kervish stands up. He's much taller than you. <laughs> and he leans down and wraps his arms around you in a big hug. Aww. To, like, show some appreciation. And almost instinctively, those periton wings that were attached to his back kind of wrap around you, too. <laughs> oh, cute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not used to those yet. I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Anything else you want from these two? I mean, there's still plenty more about them, or if there's anything you want from them, or to do with them. I mean, it's not like I'm not curious about them. I want their backstories, but I'm not going to be like, tell me your backstories. That's fair. So Uh, this juncture, probably not. I will do. Okay. At the nearest opportunity, I will deliver on all promises. In that case, I think Annika is going to suggest, Darwin, why don't you just lie down on the deck with us and just look at the stars? That sounds nice. Just chill on the boat. That sounds nice. I like right. stars. And the two of them just lay down there on the deck of the ship. Stare up. Nice. It's a nice, cool ocean breeze. All right. It's a couple weeks later when land comes into view again. And you hear the familiar shouts of, Land ho! And sure enough, just up ahead is the city of Capris. This is the port that you paid and now have also worked off your passage to. Dipple will approach everybody. He gathers the three of you on the deck of the ship, and he points out that there's Capris. That's where you wanted to go. We'll be stopping there for a few days. We'll be resupplying. We'll maybe try to cut a few deals with the locals. Not the biggest city around, but you know, just in case you need to leave again or don't feel like traveling further down south on the continent, that's fine with us. You've been a pleasure to have aboard. We definitely still want to get at that treasure. We have big plans for that money. This is just going to be you and your friends... Taking off then? So the three of you, Sam Sniffins, Earl Olwan, is it just you guys who are leaving? That is the plan currently. We're taking the patient. 
Oh, okay. uh, yes, uh, Sock, I believe her name was. Okay. By all means, we're not a medical ship. Although, thank you for the medical supplies. Those will certainly come in handy. Pretty valuable stuff. Mm. Is there anything else you guys want before you get off the ship? No, I'm good. Okay. Right, good. good. It's a few hours later when you pull into the port of Capris. There are two rather short docks. This is clearly a small town that exists mostly because you know, these two piers have been built at some point, and so that sailors have something to do when they stop and take a break. There's probably a few hundred citizens at most here, as you're looking around. It has a few small shops, a rather large hotel to serve any of the sailors and whoever who are passing through, and a lot of patience for sea-weary travelers. They're used to people coming in on boats after a very long journey, or getting ready to go on a very long journey. As you leave the dock, you see a tavern sign that shows a blue crab with a bottle in each claw. The hotel has a large fire pit out front, occasionally used for grilling. And at the far end of town, where the road comes in, there's a very simple shack with a number of weapons nailed to the exterior, but no actual signage. In the center of Capris is the Driftwood House, a large yet humble building. It is the home of Count Vera and Countess Irina, the elven leaders of the city. Capris would normally have a very sleepy town vibe, but the citizens seem to be rushing about in preparation for something. And near the Driftwood House, you see why. A group of wood elves are raising a large sign. Capris welcomes Olwenir. All are invited to the feast. Oh dear. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter at Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.libsyn.com. This week's chapter is made possible thanks to our wonderful cast and crew, all of you amazing listeners, and our special friends who would like to say hello. 
Hey folks, my name's Rob, and I spent the last 15 years working in the British film industry, making movies of all kinds. And my best friend Sam, and he spent the last 15 years being educated beyond all mortal means. He's got a doctorate, he's got a master's, he's the smartest man I know. And each week, we come together and we talk about movies. We talk about the colours in them, we talk about the characters in them, we talk about the themes and the ideas they present. If you like movies like we like movies, we're here each week in Kaiju FM talking about movies. Find us wherever you get podcasts.